And welcome into the Pigskin Fantasy Football Show today. We've got the local, me, myself, and I, me, Fridge, King Wrangler, and the local Yeti. Woo! <laughs> all right. Like a little it. mixing it up today. All right. All right. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. Wasn't uh, quite ready for that, but I'll, uh, I'll take I it. I wasn't either, but hey. I did it. Hey, I'm proud of you, bud. I'm proud of you sticking to your guns. What a man. So, what a man. So King Wrangler and I have a bet for which rookie QB finishes with more fantasy points. Tua Tunga Bailoa, my guy, or Justin Herbert, King Wrangler's guy. I'm King looking Wrangler. like I'm I'm winning this so far. Yeah, so, so far, far Herbert's yes. seen the field. <laughs> but here's the thing: Herbert looked amazing, but the Chargers are saying they're gonna stay with Tyrod. Go about that, King Wrangler. How does that make sense? I I, I don't know because Tyrod, to me, in Week One looked pretty sloppy, and he got injured during the game, and then so he was out Week Two, and then. Freaking Justin Herbert came out and showed out. Made a few mistakes. On one of them, he made a cross-body throw for an interception when he could have just ran it up for however many yards. And then just threw it into double coverage and picked it off. So a rookie mistake, but I, I think he he is and proved that he's the best option at quarterback for the Chargers. I mean, Moving rookie forward. mistake from a rookie, right? Like, that's too oh, Exactly. Definitely. He was amazing. I but mean, the I, full statement from the coach said that Tyrod would be the QB if he's healthy, but they wouldn't have a problem turning to Herbert. But I think this week in practice will tell a lot. I think if Herbert plays well, I think he's going to get more first-team reps, especially if Tyrod's entry keeps him out a couple practices. But I think they would foolishly be keeping Tyrod in. I think it's very evident Herbert is the better arm talent. 22 of 33, 311 yards, a touchdown. Rushing touchdown as well with 18 rush yards. And my favorite highlight of the entire week around the football league is when he trucked over uh, <clears throat> that linebacker. That was pretty funny. That made my day. <laughs> so you're all in board on going in with Justin Herbert. Yes. I think most people are going to be. I mean, he kept up with Kansas City, yet. They're going to say he, it wasn't good enough. We still got a loss. I mean, it's Kansas City. Super Bowl champ, Super Bowl MVP, Patrick Mahomes finds a way. I just don't see them using the number six pick and then sitting him all year if he looks this good already. That's just my, my opinion. So after that, uh, I believe our local Yeti down there is a Lions fan. And with that, how long until... Patricia is gone in Detroit. When do they finally say we're done with this experiment? What I've seen, me personally, I mean, my bias in me wants him gone now just because I'm tired of it. That was just dumb to get rid of him in the first place and get rid of Jim Caldwell, who was, yeah, he wasn't overachieving, but he was the first consistency in 20 years. And personally, I think. Nine and seven's not good enough for the Ford family. Remember that. Nine and seven's <laughs> not good enough. I mean, Playoffs outside of, aren't outside of Barry Sanders being there, their history says otherwise, but, you know, they can think right. what they want to. But uh, I think personally, if they're still – if they're limping into the bye week and if they haven't shown any signs of improvement, I think he's gone. And I there's sure play, hope so. 
there's plenty of hot options around the league. Kansas City's offensive coordinator being number one, I would definitely think Detroit would be wise in picking someone up like that to complement our talent that we have at QB and the wide receiver weapons we have. Um, I'm going to contradict you a little bit. I would love for them to go out and grab Lincoln Riley of Oklahoma because he knows how to use the QB of all statues. Matthew Stafford's still got a couple good years. Throw him with a good head coach like that, we might see 5,000 yards. That's fair, but why would Lincoln Riley ever leave Oklahoma? A lot of coaches have denied the opportunity to coach in the NFL because they like where they're at. That's that's very true. You got to make Detroit sound enticing. Make it seem like you want to go for the money and the Super Bowl chance. Say, hey, we've got Matthew Stafford. You, you're going to have to kind of commit to him because Oklahoma's committed to him. That's for damn sure. Two Heisman winners, two number one overall picks, several shots in the playoffs. Like, he's obviously good at what he's doing. Yeah. I mean, and Patricia's not. So, I mean, he's with. <laughs> I mean. I think Quinn's going to go too if Patricia's gone. I think they need to bag both of them. But uh, oh, 100% agree. But so far into his career, Patricia's nine twenty three and one. Not very good at all. Um, That's rough. He uh, he made history last Sunday as well. He's the first team in NFL history to have a double digit lead in four straight games and lose. Oh, Bad, that's dating, fantastic! Dating back to the last two games of twenty nineteen. Is that oh, really yeah. his fault if the teams have the Lions have a double digit lead and lose? I don't, I don't know if he can blame that on Matthew. Called bad coaching. Though. Yeah, I or would. is it or is it just bad playmaking on the players or are the players just doing dumb sh- dumb stuff? Well, as a coach, uh, you got to making huge mistakes and, and doing. You can only do so much as a coach, though. You bench that player who did a dumb thing, and you say, "You want a job." Or yeah, not. but if it's just one mistake and it's a mistake that costs you the game, can you nineteen really... points isn't just one mistake. Nineteen it, points it could be several. one mistake for each for a player. That's a that's a that's a stretch. Kind of like is James Robinson real? The long term outlook is that a stretch or is he actually putting up these numbers? I think he's legit jacksonville definitely still has the confidence in him otherwise hence like the points we hit last week with letter giving leonard fournette the boot and then confidently giving him all these touches 16 rushing yards 102 yards or 16 carries 102 yards sorry about that against the titans defense that last year was great but so far this week hasn't this year hasn't looked so hot he had 18 receiving yards as well 35 touches through two weeks Going against the Miami team next week, you can only expect more. I think he's legit. We're, I think we can see him starting to take off. That's what I was going to mention. The 35 touches in two weeks, that is a hefty number no matter where you're at. 35 touches, they have to trust you to give you Agreed. that kind of volume. True. They also have no one else, really. They get I'm, one yeah, person really gonna... IR for one of the running backs. The other person, I don't even remember his name, but. Chris Thompson is their receiving back, and they're actually giving Lucas Chenault some carries out of the backfield. He had five last game as a changeup back, which scares me I, because I like he's Luka. a wide receiver. I, I, like I love him. 
but I think that's going to be bad for his career because they're going to try to do a, a hybrid kind of like Cordell Patterson. Yep. And we've seen how that worked out. Very true, very true. So I'm going to feel bad for the kid if that's how they play him. But I think James Robinson is real. So I got to agree with you down there, Yeti. What about you, King Wrangler? Real or no real? Oh, no, I, I agree. I agree. He's the best option in that uh, Jacksonville Jaguars backfield. All right. So here's one that um, burdens me with a, a heavy heart. With Saquon out with that uh, IR dex designation, uh, very sad about that. He's great Basically player. half your team. Yeah. Well, that'll be that's for later. But for just Saquon, is there any other running backs on the Giants roster that's worth having in a dynasty? Because I have the young man Wayne Gollum Jr. They got Deion Lewis, the journeyman running back, who went from New England to the Titans now to here, more of a pass catcher, and now they're expected to sign Devontae Freeman, and I believe they got a deal done worth three million dollars. What what's your yeah. thoughts? I mean. Devonta Freeman is definitely worth stashing now over James Robinson because he James Robinson or not James Robinson. Fuck! I was gonna say bold tank. <laughs> Give me an alarm right there. <laughs> Deion Lewis is gonna definitely get the start this week. However, moving forward, it's probably gonna be Devonta Freeman. What do you think? I, uh, I agree. I think that Freeman is the only one worth having at all for any format. And that's only deeper, maybe in RB needing teams and fantasy for, but game script likely is not, it's going to be working against him and the offensive lines abysmal. So I'd proceed with caution. Uh, do people forget that he is only 28 years old, Devante Freeman, and literally just came off a thousand yard season with the Falcons like, do people forget that? He was a thousand-yard rusher. And everyone just leaves him for dead. He's only 28. So let's talk about AP being what, like 33-plus? Frank Gore being 36? Uh, They're uh, freaks of nature. They're anomalies, though. But I, I feel mean, like... Part of that has to do with Devonta Freeman refusing, possibly refusing to sign with certain teams like the Jaguars when he met with them before week one actually started. So James, if that was the case, James Robinson would have been nothing to us. True. We, we would be talking about Freeman. That's Oscar, great. Yeah. I'm okay with that. I got Robinson on my fantasy team. <laughs> yeah, he was a, a pickup <laughs> No one cares, okay? Jeez. Hey, we, we did put him as a pickup player, and guess what? He's turned out pretty good. We'll get to more of that later. Uh, one that I want to touch on is Tampa Bay. I love uh, Tom Brady. Just kidding. He sucks. Leonard Fournette, Shut has up. The- <laughs> Leonard Fournette has won the starting job after repeated comments from the coaches about Rojo being their guy. I mean, for the dominance that he showed on the field, he outtouched, he outscored, he played better. Is Fournette the starter moving forward? Or are they just saying that and they're still going to give Rojo the work? I want to hear uh, the Yeti's comments first because he he seems pretty adamant in the doc about this. Um, I don't. I think he made a big statement, definitely for sure. He sixteen touches to Brojo's nine. Uh, Ronald only had seven rushes for twenty three yards. He did have a touchdown. Uh, Fournette had twelve rushes, one hundred and three yards, two touchdowns. Um, 
I don't think it's set in stone, but I think he's going to start week three as the starter. And if he continues having some success, I think you can see it turning quickly into Fournette's backfield, definitely. Um, he's averaging 6.4 yards per carry right now for the season, so just keep that in mind, compared to Ronald's 3.7. <laughs> now, King Wrangler, as a Rojo owner, how does this <laughs> make you feel? Like, how are you handling this situation? Because I'm he's handling- the third back, right? I'm hand, I'm handling this fine, you know. Uh, Fournette <laughs> only out touched uh, out touched Jones because Rojo fumbled it on a play, which is you know whatever. It's neither here nor there. We're moving into week three. It's fine, you know. I'm not I'm not too worried about it. Ronald Jones saw out snapped Leonard Fournette twenty six to twenty one. So yeah, I I don't I'm not really too concerned about it. I think Ronald Jones is gonna. Still be the starter for week three, unless he keeps fumbling it at an unbelievable, unbelievable rate. He could. We've we've seen him do it in the past, and forget to pick up, you know, pass blocks. We'll see where it goes. He had three fumbles last year, so not an incredible amount, but he also wasn't used that much last year. So, uh, I mean, we'll see if he can clean it up. If he does well, hopefully he can keep a job. He was a talented second-round pick a couple years ago. And now the thing that breaks my heart the most, injuries over the weekend. It's never fun watching football and having people injured. Uh, Just for the game, it it dilutes it. It doesn't make it as good. But then you get to see the diamonds in the rough. But most importantly, my offensive team went down this week. It was It, it was not something I like. Saquon Barkley in my dynasty league was my number one running back. Love, love, love Saquon. So he's gone, done for the year. And then, of course, I want a victory. So I play my number one wide receiver in a dynasty, Devontae Adams. Well, we saw how that went. Didn't go well at all. They sat him most of the week. And then, of course, Michael Thomas got to sit out. So... Uh, we're having big names, Raheem Mostert, Tevin Coleman, Jimmy G, Nick Bosa. I mean, 49ers, half their team is injured. And Solomon Thomas. Yeah, Solomon Thomas, yeah, that's great. Their offense and defense is getting battered, which I just don't know how how these injuries are going to stack up and shape the field. Do you guys have any notable injuries that you want to add or little tidbits real quick on it? Uh, not really. But I mean, the Saints are definitely missing Michael Thomas, though, right now. That, and I think the Raiders are actually kind of legit. We'll talk about that later. But uh, <clears throat> for fantasy wise, with Adams being down, just look for Aaron Jones and Alan Lazard to take over the burden. So if you haven't already picked one of the, I mean, most people definitely have Jones, but if you haven't picked Lazard up, go get him. Um, MVS or Lazard? Which one would you rather roster at the moment? Lazard. King Wrangler? Lazard. Lazard. He's on my team, so obviously Lazard. Right. All right. So I'm a huge Colts fan. Uh, JT underwhelmed compared to what we thought he was going to do, in my opinion. I, I know that he had a good week still. But when it comes to the fact that he was playing a pretty, pretty soft defense, uh, relatively speaking, 
the fact that he had 26 carries and only 101 and then one touchdown, I just, I mean, with that offensive line, I just felt like he could have done more. That's still a great game. You're going to take that all day, no matter who you are. But I'm a Colts fan. I wanted more. I wanted to see more. What What is the thoughts? I mean, King Wrangler, as the JT owner, how are you feeling about that? Did you watch the game? <laughs> because I swear to goodness, there's someone that he had no clear cut holes, and when he did have a a millimeter of a hole, he was hard to bring down, and he brought people with him. He was hard to take down. So I think he did the most with those 26 carries that he possibly could, because that offensive line, in my opinion, did not look very good in that game. Yeah, I. uh I just, I think he did what he could with what he had. Twenty six, one hundred and one yards, two receptions, nine yards, only three point nines per carry. But that was definitely the offensive line. I agree. I just think the Colts' offense as a whole hasn't looked fluid or crisp. They're just gonna. We, I mean, we've seen flashes in the pan. You know what we can expect, but I think they're only gonna get better as a whole as they move forward, which should definitely help Jonathan Taylor in the wrong, long run. Don't be worried about him. You can still confidently play him. Right. <laughs> This is kind of like their preseason. We're not even four games into the season, and that's so maybe give them a little time. I personally want Philip right. Rivers gone, but I'm starting Jonathan Taylor every week. I don't care. Oh, I, I would think he's a hundred percent. He's still top back. Yeah, hundred percent. No question. Yes. Start yes. him whether he's just in your starting running back slot or a flex play. Start him. So another one of your players, King Wrangler. Well, two. Gardner Minshew looks amazing. He looks legit. Six touchdowns to, what, two interceptions? Uh, but his number one target, DJ Chark, not looking so great, is having a rough time. A, how does that make you feel? And is it time to sell him? Is it time to buy him? Do you hold him? What's the thoughts on that, King Wrangler? I'm looking to buy. Oh. Uh- well, I'm not. I'm not <laughs> He's on my team. You want him? You want to get him from me? Uh, I'm not really too worried about it, honestly. I mean, with the talent they have on that on that offensive offense and who they're throwing to, Gardner Minshew is pretty much throwing it around to all the receivers like Keenan Keelan Cole, Lavisco Chanel, Chris Conley, Tyler Eifert, and. Um, the running backs as well a little bit. And that's what scares me. It doesn't scare me. I think DJ Shark's still well above the most talented receiver on that team. I think as time goes on, it's going to actually prove that because he still leads the team in receiving yards at 109. Not necessarily in targets, but he he is getting the yardage. He is getting a decent amount of targets. It's only... Soon, I, I would buy him. It, if I could put a stats on him, it would be buy because he's not doing what people thought he would do by now. So if I didn't have him, I would have been trying to get him right now. I and, would say the exact opposite. I'm not saying he's not talented. Yeah, I would sell him if you had him for what you can at the moment. I don't think he's necessarily going to just flame out and just not be relevant this year, but I don't think he's going to put up the numbers he did last year just because the offense is more balanced, especially than we expect a lot more than we expected going into the season. Um, I mean, you picked yeah. up Keenan Cole 
and he's already got 12 targets to DJ Chark's seven. He's already got two touchdowns, 105 yards, and DJ Chark's got 109 and one. So more touchdowns, almost as many yards, more targets, how, 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 and more receptions. How, I just don't see a way that they can keep spreading the ball around and avoiding Shark without it hurting. If you drafted Shark to be your wide receiver two or wide receiver three, I would sell him now for that price because he's only going to be a flex play, I think, throughout the rest of the season. Not that I don't think he's talented enough to be better than that because he is. He proved that last year. But I just don't think anyone saw this offense to be what it is right now as a whole. I feel like you're only saying that because you have Killing Cole on your team. No, I just I really see that. The way they have Chenault involved too, two straight weeks. Chenault is getting more and more involved. I, I do agree. All right. So I I would be a buy at the moment. I believe in the talent. And I just think that at the moment they are they're trying to figure themselves out, you know, without Fournette and with stripping the defense. They're trying to figure out what type of system they're gonna run. So I would be a buy. If you can go swipe them for that wide receiver two or three price real quick, you could end up with a wide receiver one who could, again, go over 1,000 yards and eight touchdowns, which is more than enough, more than what you want um, if you can buy them for cheap. So one of my favorite parts of this slow show slow is the slumber from down under, but we have our results from last week first. Now, I myself, Meat Fridge, Love DJ Moore, and I was I've been talking about him. Ninety nine percentile athlete, doing amazing. Eight catches, one hundred and twenty yards. That's pretty good. That's where I want. I wanted that touchdown, didn't get it. But eight catches, one hundred twenty yards. I told you, wait for that bounce back. He will come out. He is the best receiver on that team, and I, I feel pretty good. Now I want to hear the Yeti's response before we. Oh, get the I, was, I was about to say, aren't you Baca response? Or Chewbacca uh. seems to disagree because he really loves Robbie Anderson. Also, right now, I was wrong about Naheem Hines. Oh, for this week. more than wrong. Only, no, 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 no. <laughs> only for this week. They One catch yeah, for like that. 20, they only threw like 20 passes. One they catch, very, four yards. Tell me where that's ever playable. Ever. No one who who would ever say that's playable. No one expected him to only get one pass. No one expected fuck John Taylor to rush it for twenty six times. What's your point? That if I trusted you, put him in my flex, I would have had one point four points. I would unsubscribe and leave. I'm so sorry <laughs> to burn any of you. <laughs> Based See, on your I... other recommendations last week, I would have I would not listen to you. Huh. See, the guy I can't stop talking about was my slumber from down under last week, James Robinson. He came in in a big way. 16 carries, oh, 102 maybe. yards. Three receptions, another 18 yards, and a touchdown. I'm hmm. interested to see how he does that over multiple weeks and not just one week. Right. I Well, it's too Then I'll be more likely now. to agree with you that he's someone that should be taken seriously. As of right now, I'm just... Watching with a watchful eye. He's got 6.3 yards per carry at the moment. I, I got to say that's real damn good from an undrafted rookie, mind us. Like, he's not some first or second round talent. He was an undrafted guy. They felt confident, let Fournette go, 
and to have 16, 102, and 1, and a little involvement in the catch. Against the Tennessee defense? Who's supposed to be pretty decent. I I like it. I, I like your call there, Yeti. All right, so here here it comes. Our slumber from down under. Who wants to kick this one off? King Wrangler, do you want to redeem yourself with your vote? Now you got it. Okay. <laughs> New fridge here. I like how you how you put how you have your pick because I'm I'm intrigued by that, but I also think you're an idiot. Okay. <laughs> Marquise Well thanks. Marquise Brown, he's looked great. He's on a high powered offense. Lamar Jackson, you can tell Lamar Jackson doesn't want to run this year. He wants to pass. He wants to prove everyone wrong. And he wants to keep throwing the ball. And Marquise Brown's got that speed. He could take one and be gone. He's consistently targeted, was targeted six times in week one for one for five catches and 101 yards, was targeted six times in week two for five catches and 42. Not the result you wanted, but... And for one four three without a touchdown. Yes. So he's not got a touchdown yet. I think he's due for a touchdown. He's playing Kansas City. It's going to be a high-scoring game. They're going to have to throw the ball. I think it all adds up that Marquise Brown finally gets on that board. He finally gets those yards. I I think he's the second-best deep threat in the league right behind Tyreek Hill. And I know he's only been in the league. This is the second year, but I, I love him. I love him. That Ravens defense is still really good. What's saying they don't stop the Chiefs on consecutive drives and you know go by 14 or 21 points and then all of a sudden they're just running the ball to run out the clock kind of thing if they go up by 14 or 21 points it's due to either mark andrews or marquise brown and that's that's the way that'll go (laughs) i don't know miles boykin's still still a pretty damn good receiver well let's let's see what um mr mahomes did against the baltimore defense Last year, again, still a really good defense last year. 374 yards, three touchdowns. So are you telling me that he's somehow magically not going to hit 250 yards and two touchdowns? You don't think he's going to apply the pressure? Not to mention what CEH can do on the ground? Hey, man, I'm not saying it's not. I'm just, I'm just saying that it might not be as high scoring of a game as you're thinking. Last year was 28-33. to 33. Kansas City lost. Decently high scoring. Yeah, twenty-eight to thirty-three. Oh, sorry, Kansas City. You know, snuck out a one. I misspoke. I apologize. And I would have to say that that's pretty good. Marquise Brown that game had two receptions, forty-nine yards on nine. I think targets. he's going to do more. I think he has another year in. He's gained that weight while keeping the speed down. Or while yeah, keeping the speed down. He, that he says. He looked pretty fast, man. He, looked, he does look fast. He I'll looks just – I'm I'm just going with him. High-scoring game, all the points in the world. I, I like it. Well, the possible points of the world, not necessarily guaranteeing that he will get those points against a team he didn't necessarily do so hot against last year. You know what? I'm 1-0 in my slumber down under. You're 0-1. So how about you? Hey, uh, you're one and one in the league. I am two and zero oh in the league. 
The Which lowest guy point? overscored his performance by over a hundred. I understood lost. You got cocky <laughs> in during the week. No, like, oh, I'm gonna play Mr. Trubisky. <laughs> no, you got cocky and played Mr. Trubisky. Oh. Like, oh, I don't, I don't got more points than my other QBs. What do you <laughs> you're like, you're like, oh, I don't got to worry about it. I'm just playing Shane. His team's gonna be a piece of cake, and then you lost. It's okay, buddy. Yeah, that's not that's right. injuries happen. Injuries, injuries, injuries. Plus, he had Aaron Jones. We'll get to that later. Go ahead. Tell us who yours is, King Wrangler, since you want to talk all this smack. Well, I'm, I'm just going to talk smack. I mean, that's okay with me. I, I don't know. I like Jarek McKinnon and Christian Kirk with uh, what the Chewbacca said. Uh, I think Christian, Church, Christian Kirk is in a prime, prime spot to succeed, and Jarek McKinnon being possibly one of the only legitimate backs in San Francisco with possibly Jimmy Garoppolo out this week. Who knows? We'll have to wait and see. But I, I like both of those positions and their spots to success. I do like McKinnon with Tevin Coleman out and Mostert out. So it'll exactly. just be him and Jeff Wilson. And I want to hear your reasoning, Chewbacca. I'm going to call you Chewbacca or Yeti. I haven't decided. Uh, why hey, do you think that's right. I like being both. In that he's offense, a, he's a have you watched receiver. the Lions game yet this year? No, That's who he's I playing. try not to watch cancer. Yeah, so, so uh, but that's I think why I just, love D Hop. That's why I'm so excited for D Hop. Exactly, and I'm playing you. He's he, oh. he, he had a lot of decent, good, decently good games last season. Um, he's definitely gonna have. Less of an opportunity with DeAndre Hopkins there. I mean, he's DeAndre Hopkins. But. 16 I mean, targets. Yo, let's go. Yeah. I mean, Detroit's defense is just horrendous, dude. They just. They were just massacred last week with all these injuries. Every, I, think every, I think everyone's going to feast on that Arizona offense. Yeah. And that's what I'm wondering is what makes you think it'll be Christian Kurt who. Who literally had four targets last week for two catches, and then five targets the week before with one catch? How? Because he's going to get those I same targets, and he's still he's he's still getting, but he's going to get a lot more receptions than that. Troy can't cover anybody. So you're just going for the solely fact that the lines are bad, and he should slip into that end zone. He's going to six receptions, seventy five yards, and a touchdown. Book it, baby, and I'm going to laugh at you when I'm right. Okay. Hey, I like it. Especially with all the injuries that have happened, this is a really important thing for a lot of people, including myself. You know, I've lost two receivers and a running back. Um, Top waiver wire pickups. I'm going Mike Davis, you know, with CMC out, and he took all the touches. He looked pretty good. He shows he took seven catches in the fourth quarter alone. He, their team's going to be playing catch up. He's definitely worth a, a pickup, especially if you had either CMC go down, Barkley go down, Mostert go down. If you had any of the top running backs that went down, pick him up. This is a must-add. Try to spend what you can on Fab if you play that. I know we don't talk about it too much, but try to get him, especially for four to six weeks. That'll be great. I, I agree with you. That's a good pick. Um, I'm also going to throw out uh, Dalton Schultz from the Dallas Cowboys at tight end. Um, especially since Jarwin's down now. Um, 
he saw, he saw 10, 10 targets. targets. That's a team high. He caught nine of them, 88 yards and a touchdown. Um, expect him to keep getting peppered all season. I mean, I'd be wary playing him next week with Jamal Adams and Bobby Wagner chasing him around the field. But other than that, long term, it's great pickup. I'd definitely take a gamble on him, especially if you're one of the people who kind of forego tight ends to the later in the draft. Right. Now, King Wrangler, I see you've uh, chosen a running back. Uh, not the same as mine, so let me hear yours. Let me see why. Hey there, buddy. You you, uh, you awake? King Wrangler. You're right. Okay, I guess I will uh, throw his in for him at the moment. He must be having some technical difficulties. So he chose Joshua Kelly. I'm going to assume it's because Joshua Kelly picked up 20-some-odd carries this week. Uh, and with that, he did decent. Not really what you wanted from him, but for a pickup on a waiver wire, definitely what you – besides Mike Davis, I would say Kelly is right there. Did I say Kelly? Yes, Joshua Kelly. Yeah, Joshua Kelly. I don't know why I was thinking John Kelly, the old running back from the Rams who went to Cleveland. Oh, goodness. <laughs> yep, Joshua Kelly from San Diego. Let me correct myself. 23 well, carries, 64 yards, and then the week before, 12 carries, 60 yards. He's clearly playing the Melvin Gordon role of that offense, and we'll see how it's going. Do you have anything to throw in there, Yeti? Um, no, I actually kind of, I, I like all of our picks for that, actually. Those are all very good picks. Um, we'll see how that goes, so I'm pretty confident at all. But I wonder if <laughs> it's King Wrangler. Um, and with that, we're going to move on to the next one. I think he's just got to reload in. Uh, this is one of the ones that. I like to do uh, because it's that don't overreact on this guy's performance. Trav, um, now you're making me do it, you son of a. So don't overreact on this guy's performance. I really like your pick here, Yeti. What what inspired you to choose this wide receiver? Um, Baker Mayfield and that offense just looks horrendous in general. Um, if if their name's not. Nick Chubb or Kareem Hunt, you probably shouldn't even bother having them. I mean, Jarvis Landry is probably good for a spot here or there, but don't buy big on OBJ. He hasn't been good since he left New York. <laughs> Week one, 10 targets, only three receptions, 22 yards. Six targets, four receptions, yeah, 74 yards and a touchdown, but he had 43 of those yards and one reception on the touchdown. That is, that is true. And 43-yard touchdowns aren't going to come every week. But he should have had two touchdowns. Oh, I, yes, he did. He should have. But Baker has been targeting him more, I will, I will say that. But till we see it, I'd say stay away because we've had 18 games. Rojo owner, and your yeah. don't overreact to this guy kind of ties into that. So let me know about it. My, yeah, like, yeah. Uh... Like you're saying, I do own Ronald Jones. So my overreact guy is pretty much does really tend to, which is Leonard Fournette, because he rushed for, had 12 rushing attempts for 103 yards and two touchdowns. 
I think he got very lucky with those 103 yards against the Carolina defense on the specific play specific plays he was running compared to Ronald Jones, even though Ronald Jones did outsnap him. And then getting those two touchdowns on top of that. And then he had four receptions for 13 yards, which is really not, you know, really nothing special. But those two two touchdown uh, carries and then those 103 yards did, I believe, he did get pretty lucky, I think, just based on whatever play they ran against the Carolina defense, which is notoriously weak against running backs this year. Okay. I I kind of agree with that. Um, so you're just thinking it was a one-time blip. It'll still take more to get, you know, to unseat Rojo. I, I think it's going to take more than just that one game to unseat him as the number one running back in Tampa. So I guess that'll lead me kind of into my don't overreact. A lot of people aren't going to like this. But Josh Allen, I know people are saying he's the MVP and that he's playing out of his mind and that the local you know, Yeti down there has him on his team and love the fact that this dude threw for 400 yards. But oh, I don't think he's ever MVP. Been... He's just, he said he's going to fight you, so you better watch out. Right, exactly. But tell me the last time he threw for 400 yards in any season at any level. Oh, he's I, had some lackluster opponents so far. I'll give you that. And I don't think he's going to keep up the 400 yards by any means. But I can, I've been watching their games live, and he's shown me that I, th- I think he can comp- keep this completion percentage up, though. Um, he's only, I mean, it's only, he's only hitting about 65% for the season is roughly the my math was correct. Um, which is a lot better than what he's been doing <laughs> 59% 100%. last year. Exactly. But, this was a career high in yardage. I give him that he threw four touchdowns and let's be honest. He was playing Miami. Miami's not known for defense. I think people need to, you know, temper their expectations for Josh Allen going forward, because he's going to play the Rams. He's going to play the Raiders, the Titans. The Chiefs have looked pretty good on defense. New England, Seattle, San Francisco, Pittsburgh, Denver, New England again. I, I just mean, San Fran might it. not be as hard because they just, their defense just got hit by a train. But True. It, it did get <laughs> hit quite a bit. But I'm just simply saying that people need to not expect this kind of output since he's put up two amazing games back-to-back that he's not going to be this accurate. He's not going to be this good. Temper your expectations. Don't overreact. Don't go sell your team to pick him up thinking that he's going to do this. He's not. This is not his style. He's got a safe floor because of his rushing, and he's got good upside with you know Stefan Diggs there now. But don't oh, leverage I, your I, team. I, I, I could agree with, agree you with that, that considering uh, last year the most he got was 266 yards passing on 41 attempts. And, one touchdown? No, no touchdowns in that game. So I, I could agree with that. As it definitely be a big underreact. Or, I'm sorry, don't overreact to performance based on what he did last year. I can, he's I so can far agree with you. All right. Now, one of my other favorite parts is the don't underreact. Pick this guy up, which is kind of like our top waiver wires, but it it gives a little bit more of a a dive into it typically, or more geared towards like dynasty. Um, I'm going to go first because last week I was right when saying pick up Miles Gaskins. Don't wait. Pick this guy up. If you if he's still out there on your waiver wires and you're in a PPR, 
pick him up now. Drop quite a few players to pick this guy up. I'm if you're thinking you're holding on to Tony Pollard or Keenan Cole or Mo Ali Cox or um you just looking at my team? I was He's got a fair point. <laughs> just drop them and pick this guy up. It's going to be worth it in just PPR floor play alone. Um, I see that King Wrangler's got two people and explain the percentages next to him. Yeah, so basically the percentages is just um, like what their their percentage got rostered in Yahoo. So uh, let me see. Let me see. Yeah, yeah so Russell Gage, 23% rostered in Yahoo. Michael Pittman Jr., 15% rostered in Yahoo. That's because I couldn't really decide on who to put exactly down there. But for Russell Gage, at least, He's doing about as good as uh, Julio Jones. He has a few more catches than him, but a little less yardage. So he has 160 yards compared to Julio Jones's 181 yards and has about four more catches than him. And then Michael Pittman, because he's probably now the, def- I believe, the de facto number two, be- number two receiver behind. Um, T.Y. T.Y. Hilton. With that injury to Campbell. I agree. Exactly. So that's why I, I put him down in there as well as because he's a, roughly about 15% of people or 50% of teams have him rostered in their Yahoo leagues. So if you now oh, I have highly recommend, I believe the hype. <laughs> I, I highly recommend taking a close look at them both because although Michael Pittman didn't do well point-wise, he still had a good amount of targets and some good, nice catches. Yep, notably where Philip Rivers um, threw it, the defensive lineman tipped it. Michael Pittman made a pretty acrobatic catch to tip it to himself and catch it and still far forward, still fall forward for the first down. So if you can, I definitely recommend picking up either one of those players. That was or both really of them if catch. you can. I right. Mean, if, if I could have both of them, I would. I took your advice. I picked Russell Gage up a week, like last week. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame you, and I hate you for it. I saw you <laughs> dropped him, and then you picked him back up again. I was like, what the heck is this well, guy doing? He took both running backs that I said to pick up, and now with Saquon down, guess what? I need a running back, and he's trying to leverage a house for him. Smart on him in a dynasty, but I wish I would have just only going to cost you 500 for the room that Harry Potter rented out at his aunt and uncle's house. Oh my lord! <laughs> uh, that's quite Under expensive. The cupboard, baby. So, but he did the wise thing, Call especially in a dynasty, picking him up and then waiting for this rash of injuries, and now he's oh, yeah. gonna make a profit on either one of them, no matter what, or keep them and see how well they do. But oh, your yeah, pickup the guy is a tight end. Go ahead and tell me about him. Why do you like him so much? Uh, he's my t- yes, he was please. my waiver wire like, pickup. No. He was my waiver wire pickup, so um, Dalton Schultz again. I would definitely keep pick him up just because Jarwin's got is injured now, and in his first game, he saw ten targets. Does got the team high in targets when he has more than capable, talented receivers around him and an all-world running back. He saw that many targets, and he turned in nine receptions, eighty-eight yards, and a touchdown. Lots of people do the draft strategy of 
not of waiting to get a tight end because outside of Kittle and Kelsey, you just want to wait. If you're someone who's hurting at tight end right now, pick him up. I agree. I agree. So after that, we've got our performances of the week. Uh, someone that we just kind of say, hey, we think they really overperformed or won someone a league. Um, and unfortunately, one of the people that King Wrangler chose uh, definitely won the week. Uh, I played against him, and oh my lord, I'm not telling—I'm not kidding when I say I was projected to win by 70 points, and the guy scored 100 points over his projection to beat me. And most of it was because of this guy right here, King Wrangler. Who do you have? Oh, you know it, Aaron Jones. He rushed 18 times for 168 yards. And then had another eight targets, four catches for 68 yards and a touchdown. 236 yards for three touchdowns, scoring well over 50 points. The dude just obliterated what he was projected, which I believe was around 15 to 16 points in Yahoo Fantasy in a standard PPR format, which was just freaking outrageous to me. I, I couldn't believe it. I had to put him as my, uh, my man of the week. Right, so that leads us into the Yetis. Uh, he has a three-way tie between these people. Um, none the of them, the right, and none of them are a running back. Go ahead, Yeti. Explain yourself. Explain it. Ah, uh, the Yeti is uh, crawled back in his cave for the minute. I so. think he's scared to to. Uh... No, I'm not. For himself. I don't know, man. You're sound there for for a second. Um, I think he was trying to change his answer in the doc real quick. I, no, I think my, he was a no, little scared. No. He, he didn't want to answer for himself. All right. So the three QBs, I'll, I'll give him yeah. that hint. Go yeah, ahead. There are three, Q, yeah, three QBs. I, I couldn't decide. Josh Allen, Dak Prescott, and Russell Wilson. Um, Allen, 25-36, 424 yards, four touchdowns to the air. Four rushes, 18 more yards on the ground. Beautiful. Hell of a game. <clears throat> Dak Prescott, 34-47, 450 yards, one touchdown through the air. 18 rushing yards and three more rushing touchdowns on the ground. Hell of a comeback as well. That is a heck of a performance. And then Russell Wilson, 21-28, 288 yards, five touchdowns. Costly pick six, but did nothing but everything right after that pick six. Well, I don't think that interception was his fault either. It was tipped. I, I oh, I agree. And I hate when they give it to the QB when there's it, it's not his fault. I love that I have Dak and Josh on my fantasy team at the same time, though. So. <laughs> I think you got lucky. So, leading into um, not my or not my fault are not his fault. Uh, it's 100% my fault that I did not start Terry McLaurin. That kid... I told you to. I, I told you to. It was it was hard to who I would you know put over him, and, well, he would have done better than Devontae Adams. Think about that. If, if the question was, who would you start, Devontae Adams or Scary Terry? Most people would be like, well, Devontae Adams. That's wrong. Seven for 125 and a touchdown... The kid is amazing. He's got elite speed. He has the previous connection with Haskins. I am loving that performance. I'm hoping he can do it over and over. Um, oh, kid's good. But 
But does Dwayne Haskins being the quarterback scare you at all? Nope. For his future production. That means they're going to have to throw it more. I'd prefer it be that way. If that kid throws an interception and they go down and now they're up by 14 rather than just seven, they're not going to run the ball. They got to throw. And he's proven he can beat top end corners week in, week out. Doesn't matter. So I love it. Um, now, this is more for our dynasty players, you know, someone that you don't necessarily want to pick up at the moment, but you want to keep an eye on and see when they're going to when they're going to pop players to watch who wants to take the lead on this. Who has the most confidence in their guy? I like my guy. Um, someone to pay attention to. Tight end in Cincinnati, Drew Sample. CJ was the most down. He looked like he tore his Achilles. Um, <clears throat> he had nine targets, seven receptions, 45 yards. Um, not a huge stat line, but the fact you saw nine targets, mainly all in the second half after Uzuma went down. Um, he's going to be involved. The offensive line is horrendous there. They have to, they're going to have to rely on getting the ball out quick, and tight ends normally get a lot of looks like that. And he might even be worth taking a shot at picking up this week against that Philly defense. They give up the fifth most points to tight ends in the league. Week one, uh, four receptions, 37 yards, and a touchdown to Logan Thomas. Week two, five catches, 54 yards, three touchdowns against Tyler Higby. They can't stop the tight ends from getting in the end zone. So, worth a look. Yeah, that's a great point. He's a young guy. King Wrangler. This guy I don't agree with. So tell me why you're I'm you're not saying pick him up, but you're saying watch him. So t- tell me why you're keeping an eye on him. I'm keeping an eye on him just because I don't believe in Malcolm Brown, which is also another running back there. And then K Makers also left the game early with a rib injury. So if K Makers does end up missing more time and is out for, you know for an extended period of time. Daryl Henderson, who was drafted, I believe, last year or the year before that in, in the second or third round, I mean, he did pretty well. He had, what, like 14 touches, 121 yards, and a touchdown uh, for week two. So with that kind of production, are you actually going really actually, as a coach, take him out of the lineup and just give him nothing after what he just did for you? I mean, with with that kind of production, if I was the coach, I would keep him in. So that's why I'm keeping an eye on him. and. With him being only re- rostered in thirty six percent of leagues, he was def he would definitely be someone I would target on the waiver wire if he was available in my league. All right, he's he's definitely a good one to keep an eye on. Someone that you want to look at. Uh, I actually downgraded. Uh, I downgraded McFarland from a pickup to kind of a watch because when James Conner got hurt, they they ended up going right back to him. Mike Tomlin loves to use a bell cow system. But I know McFarland is the most athletic there. He's going to easily beat out Jalen Samuel. And people are going to, well, the why hasn't he yet? Give it time. With everything going on, it's harder for rookies to acclimate. Benny Snell is just a first, second down potter. He's not going to do anything amazing. Oh, well, he had 14 rushes for 100 yards. Yeah, on a fluke game. Guess what he did the next game? Not much. James Conner is going to get hurt. It's only a matter of time before we see McFarland get his chance and just take over. I'm not saying pick him up because probably no one else is even rostering him at the moment unless you're in the dynasty. And in that case, it's probably only in deeper leagues. Just keep an eye on him. 
wait for him to get those couple touches. And when you see that he's climbing that depth chart, snag him. So, oh yeah, he's definitely not worth rostering in in redraft leagues. There's there's no way I would I would take that kind of risk with oh, Russell no. Park. roster spot with McFarland. <laughs> he's right. too far down to actually consider in redraft leagues. I 100% agree. Redraft leagues, he's, he's just off your board until he takes over. Uh, but that leads us into a nice little fun thing that we like to do, uh, and that's going to be our bold predictions for week three. We try to make them spicy, but not too spicy. We want to make sure that they're possible, spicy. but they're still bold. And so come on in, get yourself some spicy nugget, gold nuggets. And, <laughs> spicy uh, nuggets, gold nuggets. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Some, I uh, uh, see tacos, you know. You, you uh, feel me? I feel uh, you. I I'll go first, you know. My uh, tacos are better than nuggets. Shut the heck up. My spicy prediction is with Corlin Sutton probably being out for the rest of the year with the torn ACL or hurt, at least being out the rest of the year. That means Jared Duty is going to be the number one receiver. He's going to have to step up. Jeff Driscoll already proved that he likes Jared Duty in the game. They just had and Drew Locke, as everyone knows, is is hurt currently. Is going to be out for at least a month. Jeff Guskell is going to be in there for at least four games or a month or so. So I'm projecting this week. I my hot take is uh, eight catches, 105 yards, and a touchdown. Eight catches, 105, and a TD for the rookie Jerry Judy. Oh yeah, that dude runs some crispy routes. He he. In my opinion, was by far the best receiver in the, in the draft class. Now, local Yeti, I, at first when I saw yours and read it on the doc, I did not agree with it at all. But the more I thought about it, the more I realized there's a solid chance for this for the simple fact that if you play under Adam Gase and you're a good player, just assume you're not being used right until you leave. The moment you leave, you're a good player. So tell me about yours. I I will agree with you. DJ Moore is the best player on a uh, best receiver on the Carolina Panthers team. Um but Robbie Anderson I think has a solid chance to post a third straight 100-yard game. Seven I'm going to go seven receptions, 106 yards. I don't think he gets in the end zone, but he's going to see more targets especially since McCaffrey's out. Yes, Mike Davis is there and he performed well, but I don't think he's going to get the same workload CMC was getting. So, right. I think right, Bridgewater's going to be forced to throw a little bit more, and Anderson and uh, Moore have seemed to be making fun work of corners out there so far. I do, I do like that duo. Um, mine's going to be Preston Williams, the undrafted um, second-year guy in Miami. Um, Preston Williams seems to definitely draw the better corner every single time they step on the field to play someone. It's not Devontae uh, Parker; he's that fifth-year breakout was a fluke. He's going right back to his place, which is in a gutter. He doesn't belong on a, a team or a roster unless you're desperate. Preston Williams is going to go six for 80 and a touchdown. I know it's not super bold, but it's a Miami team, so it's bold enough. So I'm, I'm not going to do anything too risky. I, I seriously think he can post that. This will be his first easy opponent. He's already had to face Stephon Gilmore and Tredavious White and has proven – that he can catch over them. Now, here's a little thing. A brief recaps over. You, you think, dang, that's a, that's a bold prediction. Because he never got over like 80 yards last year. Hmm, dang. 
he only played a well, certain amount hurt. of games. Yeah, and he got hurt, and he was heating up, and he did very excuses, well. Excuses, excuses. That's why I'm saying it's Miami well, receivers. He had, well, he had posted like three straight 70-yard games before he got hurt, I think, if I remember. Let's put it this way. He, that was 82, 82 42, 72. He beat Devontae Parker every week. Parker only broke out after he was gone, and there was no other receiver to throw to. That just tells you that he's good enough. And that's all he needs Maybe. to be. Maybe. So we're going to do some brief recaps over the weekend of these games to kind of talk about. We, we picked out four that we kind of really wanted to focus on. Um, either of Before you. For that, I'm oh, ask a couple, I got a couple of questions I want to. Ooh, some off the dome stuff. Yeah. Well, it's not to say off the dome. It's just a couple of questions that I came up with really quick. Uh, who do you regret drafting? Players on your team, who do you regret drafting the most? Drafting the right now, Saquon Barkley. Okay. <laughs> if, really, Saquon, even with all the talent in the world he has. If it's a redraft, 100%, I'd regret drafting him at this moment. Okay, assume us the Dynasty League. Uh, dynasty now that we are currently all in together, who do you regret drafting the most in our Dynasty League? I'm I'm gonna go with Nikhil Harry. You didn't draft him though. I did. Did you? Yeah. Traded you just for traded for. Yeah. Well, then I I would say I don't regret drafting anyone because I've had <laughs> a pretty solid team. If you're gonna take away um, the only guy, I regret. <laughs> so that's good. I um, did good. I don't know if okay, I have a enough. single we'll player on my Chewbacca. team that I drafted. Right. Considering you have Dalvin Cook, Zika Elliott, and Calvin Kamara on your team all at one point, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Am I correct? You had Joe Mixon a yeah. couple times. Yeah, I, tra- I trade a lot. You literally had the best, I bl- if, I'm, if I remember correctly, the best wide receiver combo and the best running back combo. Remember when he league. had Mark Andrews? Yeah, I remember that. Too. that away too. Tyreek Hill, Andy Galladay. Oh yeah, this kid <sighs> has had every imaginable person except for like five. He traded Tyreek Hill and Kenny Galladay for somebody. I mean, not. That was I'm not going to say that was somebody that was terrible for for or four players that were terrible, but not. Yeah, that's just, it's just funny how we brought that up. <laughs> so, right. I'm still third in the league right now. Hey, you got a point. That's fair. (laughs) Okay. My second off the dumb kind of question is, is if you don't need an RB, who are you picking up? Daryl Henderson, Mike Davis, Devonta Freeman, Jarek McKinnon. Jarek McKinnon. And that's that's by a large margin. And then it's Mike Davis. Uh, Jarek McKinnon, literally San Francisco loves to use running backs, and they're down two of them. So if – he comes in and he's only worth two games. Guess what? Those two games, you can expect 20-plus touches. And the guy's athletic. Yeah, he hasn't played in two years because of the injuries, but he just ripped off a 55-yard run like it was nothing. It was third and 31. Third and 31, and they said, ah, fuck it, let's hand the ball off. And the dude goes for 55. I, he's too athletic. He's too good. And that's why people had loved him going from Minnesota to San Francisco. They were like, oh, Kyle Shanahan's yeah, going to use him true. right. He's an athletic freak. He's a monster. 
I, I think we get to see that finally. Okay, so you're saying Jerick McKinnon, Mike Davis. Okay, what about the other two? Devontae Freeman, Daryl Henderson. Three, I four. would then go uh, Freeman and then Henderson. And then Henderson, okay. I just that's don't fair. trust Sean McVay at the moment, and that's and that's sad because you used to – if Sean McVay had a running back, you were like, grab him. At the moment, I'm just like, he doesn't know what he wants. He's a, a girl getting ready for prom. That's fair. What about you, uh, Chewbacca or Chewy? Oh, Chewy, I like that. Chewy, yeah. What's you, Chewy? Who are you taking? Slash picking. I'm going to have to agree with you on the top pick in McKinnon there, uh, Meat Fridge. I, I do like that as well. He, they obviously like to run the ball there, and everyone else is hurt. So that's an obvious choice. <laughs> but I put Henderson as my second. Um, Defend yourself before I end you. <laughs> Akers is hurt. Being a nobody. And when he's been on the field, he actually hasn't been great. Um, he's actually has less good performances than the other two running backs. So, I mean, yes, he is a rookie, but he was supposed to come in and just, you know, knock the floor off this thing, and it's not happening that way. I think Henderson has a good shot to be all right there. Freeman's my third. And then I got Davis last just because I don't think they're going to use him the way they use CMC. I really don't. Well, I, I'd agree. I don't, I don't think, I mean, they could, the opportunities there, the targets are there for running back. The carries are probably there. It's just something we'll have to wait and see about. And it was, I mean, okay, okay. I mean, they'll use him the same way, obviously, but I mean, the touch, the sheer touch amount, I don't think it's happening. That's what I'm saying. We'll have to wait for. Wait and see what the actual uh, usage is like for Davis and whoever else they're going to try and use in their game script. Fair. Gotcha. I put okay. Freeman above Davis just because, like, from a talent standpoint, like you said, Freeman had 1,000 yards last year. Like, he's still more talented than Davis. Oh, I, oh, agree. I, I agree. I'm just thinking the volume. Because we're not sure what it's going to be in the Giants. Are they going to, you know, work in – Wayne Gallman, because Carolina right. seems okay with just running Mike Davis out there. So, do you have another one, King Wrangler, off the dome? or Nope, those are the only two ones that came out the dome to test you guys before. Okay. Well, in that case... Next episode, I'll have some more, though. All right. I like it. Um, with that, let's, uh, let's go into these brief recaps. Uh, we just chose four games that we kind of wanted to quickly touch on. Saints versus Raiders. Uh, my first take on that is Breeze looks old and that offense is rough without Michael Thomas. Let's let's be honest. Kamara's fantastic. Sure. 95 receiving yards. Uh, just wasn't enough. They need Michael Thomas. And the fact that they got stomped by 10 tells me something. I know for a fact Chewbacca's got something to say on this. Didn't uh, Drew Brees say his oh. job was to direct the Saints and not actually, you know, to pass for a ton of yards? Something like I, that. I believe that's what he said. So wh- what do you got to say about that, though? Drew Brees is just saying he's got to direct them. Sounds like is he trying to put some of the Is he trying to put some of the blame on the coaching staff for not putting the right pieces around them? 100%. 
And I, I don't think, think it's all the way even that. I think people are underestimating the Raiders. I think they're. I'm not. I think they're going to be decent this year. They're. I think they're legit. <laughs> I mean, they kind of proved it. Yeah. I think they proved it well enough. So, oh. is is that really all you had? I I mean, when we were talking earlier, Chewbacca, you were pretty fired up about how the Saints have slowed down. They're not the same, and how the Raiders, they're legit. Are, are yeah, you gonna they are. Me? The Raiders are definitely legit. The Saints are definitely missing Michael Thomas. They're they had no plays open over the middle. Jared Cook seems to be the only consistent threat on the receiving end outside of Kamara. But if your only option is to just dump it to Kamara every single play, it gets pretty easy. The Raiders don't care how talented you are. So. <clears throat> I think I'm not saying the Saints are going to fall off a cliff. They still got what it takes, especially when Thomas comes back. Um, but don't sleep on the Raiders. Derek Carr was nine of ten on third down. That's a good thing to be, especially on third down, continuing that drive. Mm-hmm. And they started off the game just handed the ball off four straight times to Jacobs. Like they're not afraid. To like they're gonna, you're gonna have to beat them. They've just, they've shown me that you're gonna have to just beat them and never let up. They're not gonna give up. They're just gonna keep doing their football. I think Gruden knows what he's doing. All right. So, Chiefs, Chargers, Herbert. Never let the Chiefs have a chance. Go for it. You both right, love cool. Herbert. You're gonna owe me money. <laughs> go ahead. Which one? Uh, I liked what I saw. That was a great game. I watched it. The Chiefs, I mean, they still pulled out the win. They're the defending champs. They're still 2-0. But they they look a little sluggish. They don't look the same as they did last year. That could be in part of, you know, short offseason and everything. Everyone looks a little sluggish. But is it they're sluggish or are the Chargers for real, boys? We'll find out. But Herbert looks good. I like Herbert. Look forward to him this week. I think he's going to. Start again and be great. I agree. I think the Chiefs look sluggish. I think the Chargers look better with Herbert than Tyrod. Uh, I think he's electric. I think he takes those deep throws that he needs to. I think he has enough power in his legs. I think Tyrod's a little too old and doesn't have enough in the tank to lead an offense. So go ahead. You're hating on Herbert. (laughs) Before the (laughs) NFL season started. Did you just try to bring it back to Tom Brady? Uh, (laughs) You did. Yeah, I did. You did because he was hating on Justin Herbert. I'm not saying that I like Herbert more than Tua. I like Tua still more, but I think Herbert is better for the Chargers than Tyrod Taylor. And that's just clear to see. If you watch the game or watch the highlights or watch any part of that game, Herbert is definitely better for that team than Tyrod Taylor. It's just clear. And that's that's the way it is. I mean, can you really argue that King Wrangler? Do you do you think they should put Tyrod back in? As long as Tyrod has enough precedent. I, I I like Justin Herbert. I liked him before the draft even started. You <laughs> did. You have liked him for a long time. So have I. all right, yeah, exactly. So I'm happy he's with the Chargers that he got to start. So hopefully. Uh, the coaching staff over there wants to actually start him because that that do him very very good to start him. 
Okay, so one that I always like talking about is Matt Ryan. I, I always love talking about him for the simple fact that he puts up great QB numbers because he has to throw the ball. He just And then blows 20-point leads. Yeah, exactly what we're going to get into. He, he, just, <laughs> he has to throw. Yes. I to mean, throw. that's more the defense than him, but. Falcons 39, Cowboys 40. Matt Ryan, you can always chalk up to having a good fantasy season. He can't take a fantasy season off. Uh, Dak, uh, he's been good, looking like a QB1. Is he worth $40 million, though? That's the golden nugget. Did you see enough out of that game to say he should get paid? So is it really worth blaming Matt Ryan for the loss, though, because he did fantastic? Or did the defense just suck the rest of the game? Or did the Dak Prescott and the Cowboys really play or step up their play that much. Although I can, it's the I don't know if I could ever play pay a quarterback forty million a year if I was the owner slash general manager. I I don't think. All right, Dak's good. Don't get me wrong. I think what confused the Falcons a little bit is that this. I mean, obviously this team has got Zeke, so if they're running, Zeke's getting the ball, and he they have no problem handing it to him twenty times a game, but. This team is stacked at receiver, especially with the addition of CeeDee Lamb. Everyone's expecting him to throw it. Dak won that game for them on the ground. That's what changed it. Well, do you think he can keep that up enough to, to make it worth it to sign him long term with the fact that, you know, they they franchise tagged him. He's getting what is it, like 30, 35 million a year at the moment? Like is he? I think he keeps it up. I think the offense. I mean, they didn't do horrible against the Rams. They they started a little bit in the second half, but they looked good to say the least against uh, the Falcons. Although there was a lot of talk in the off season about the Cowboys' defense being like definitely better and improved, and possibly being one of the better defenses in the league, and they've given up a lot of points in two weeks. I'll be at the two two of the higher powered offenses in the leagues, but the money that they have invested into that defense, it's definitely not showing so far. So I wouldn't put the blame on Dak if they start losing games at this moment. I I wouldn't be surprised either if they let a couple slip, but I have been pretty happy with you know how they've been handling it. Um I just I kind of agree with King King Wrangler. Forty million for a QB. I mean, you got to be something special, like Patrick Mahomes level, where it's you you decide the whole game because of your you. I I feel like they wouldn't have had a chance if Atlanta didn't box that onside kick. They literally just oh, waited that. and looked at it, like. In games like that, when momentum's swinging, as soon as something like that happens, you just know it's almost like fate. It's sealed. Even though they still got to make more plays, you just know it's going to happen. <laughs> right. So I guess we'll see how that ends. And that'll take us to the end of our show, unless any of you have any notes or tidbits that you'd like to say now or forever hold your peace. Uh, I got one more for that, just to ignite something, because I love you both. Um, he Matt Ryan blew a 20-point lead. You know, the last time he did that was, you know, to an old man named Tom Brady. Do with that as you will. Well, the thing is, was it really just Tom Brady or was it the defense? It's the same question. 
instead of Dak, you put Tom Brady. And um, I always think it's their it defense. It's both. You think a little bit of each? I do think Tom well, Brady. Without, without that strip, without that strip sack by Dante Hightower on Matt Ryan, they it, it definitely would change the game. And getting that sack when the it is. It was a combination of the defense on the Patriots, horrible play calling by the Falcons, and then uh, the offense of the Patriots because the Falcons could have easily just ran it when they were inside, what, the 30 or the 40 to kick a field goal, which probably would have stilled the game. But yet they decided to keep passing the ball, which led to sack and which ultimately led to a sack or strip sack. By Dante Hightower, which gave the Patriots excellent field position, and to you know go ahead and score the touchdown, get even closer, and get even in better position to take it to overtime. I I agree, and I think James White was extremely clutch in those games. He did a lot with very little. And that's, I mean, I I was sitting there telling everyone James White is going to be something. And then next thing you know, he's hosting a, a Super Bowl. And it was, it was good. Oh, that Super Bowl lost in 2016. What a, what a thing for those Falcons fans. I actually heard on the radio that a Falcons fan retired of being a Falcons fan. He, he said, it's definitely not me. It's you. So just I mean- like. That's hilarious. Where do you apply for one of those one of those letters for a Lions fan? How do you retire from that? <laughs> you don't. You just keep saying Barry Sanders is the best running back, and uh, Calvin Johnson was the best wide receiver, and that's what you hold on to for the next fifty years. There's that's, a legitimate argument that Barry Sanders is the best running back of all time, most talented, and dominant forced receiver like gifted physically gifted receiver ever calvin sure does he have the stats to back it up no barry does i mean well calvin does have some but you know longevity he retired real early in his career 30 years old but this isn't one of those episodes this is the pigskin fantasy football show thank you for coming in today hit the like subscribe and retweet share any way that you can we're just getting our feet wet in this pond and we want to make sure that we clean it up and dust it out because these old fucks don't know what they're doing anymore sign it off show for twitter yes sirs Goodbye, chewbacca peace Out.